It's a beautiful evening. You're walking along the beach with a man. You're holding hands. The sun is low in the sky and turning it from blue to a pastel orange. The man you're with may be your partner or he may be someone you've just met. That part is up to you. You feel his warm masculine hands encircling yours, making you feel protected and calm. Listen to the rest of this erotic meditation, Tired and Taken, for free at harleyrabbit.com and see where the rabbit hole takes you. Turns out I'm into it. Into it. Hey, hey, friends, it is Harley Rabbit here, back with another episode of Turns Out I'm Into It, the show all about helping you discover your kinky self and live your best sex life. In today's episode, I want to dive into quite a complex and very interesting topic, and that is where BDSM meets feminism and whether these two ideas are in fact compatible. Now, I want to discuss this today because I know for a lot of people, there is a bit of conflict between these two ideas. If you have a lot of feminist values, they might not mesh with your BDSM identity, particularly if you are a submissive woman or a dominant man. All right, so I thought we'd kick off with a definition. Now, even just trying to define feminism is really, really tricky because there's lots of different interpretations, particularly as feminism has evolved a lot over the course of the last few decades. The definition that I'm going to use today is from a journal article called Navigation of Feminist and Submissive Identity by Women in the BDSM Community, a Structured Literature Review. Um, So I'll pop a link to that journal article in the show notes if you're interested in checking it out. All right, so this is how this article defines feminism. Feminism is an understanding that women have suffered forms of subordination or oppression because of their sex and advocates for ways to overcome this oppression. Areas of oppression include a lack of ability to vote in elections, control over one's body, resources to overcome domestic violence, property rights, and equal pay for equal work. Essentially, I think in its simplest form, feminism is about equality for all genders, right? What prompted this topic for this episode is I was recently reading a story in a book called Coming Together. Um, I was reading that a few months ago, but I've picked it up again recently and finished it. Very, very good read. I'll put a link to that one in the show notes as well. Um, But in this book, I came across this story about a lesbian couple and they'd come to uh, have some sex coaching because their sex life was, was just not working. One of the women was wanting lots of sex and was really excited, um, but her partner was feeling a really low desire for sex. The woman who was suffering from low desire had explained to the therapist that she had never been that interested in sex. She just didn't feel like a very sexual person. Um, And she'd recently gone through menopause and had put it down to, you know what, that part of my life is over now. I just don't need it. I'm not interested in it which of course is very devastating for you, your partner, if they are wanting to engage with you in that way. 
So kudos to them. They decided to be proactive about it and go and see someone. And by the sounds of it, it took a fair bit of work to try and actually get to the, the crux of the problem, the reason that this woman was suffering from such low desire. Now, after lots of sessions, by the sounds of it, um, and this woman being really adamant that she just wasn't interested in sex, they ended up talking about this memory that she had um, of a movie that she'd watched. I think it was a movie. Um, and in the movie, there would, there'd been this scene where a woman was, um, I can't remember exactly, but along the lines of she was humiliated by other people to the point that they were throwing cow manure at her. Um, and for some reason, this woman watching that scene felt aroused by that. She was aroused by seeing another woman being degraded. Now, this was really incompatible with her personal values of being a feminist. Um, and she'd actually really oppressed this part of her sexuality. So it turned out that she was actually really big into um, being degraded, being um, a submissive woman and being degraded and objectified and you know verbally abused by her partner. Now you can imagine how that was pretty incompatible with her feminist identity, especially she described in the lesbian community that all of her friends were really passionate feminists and she would, she was really mortified by this part of herself and could not accept this part of herself. So she oppressed it her whole life. And for that reason, she just never got to have the kind of sex that was exciting for her. When I read this story, I was really devastated for this woman because it was due to this real lack of understanding around kink that she had missed out on this huge, enjoyable part of her natural sexuality. Now, as a woman myself who loves being degraded in bed, I can really relate to this because I've had, maybe not to this extreme, but I've definitely had a lot of instances where I've had to battle with what turns me on and what feels morally acceptable. I have another story, a personal story, um, which I'll share with you now because I think it's really relevant. So this previous one I just told you really illustrates where um, if you have a strong feminist identity, you might not feel you can accept your submissive desires if you are a submissive woman. Um, but this story that I'm about to share with you is another example of where this can be difficult. So I don't personally really resonate with the, the term feminist. Like I don't really call myself a feminist, even though I definitely support feminist values. It's just the term feminist for me seems to carry a bit of a connotation toward um, inequality. Honestly, it's, it seems to feel a little bit more about putting women on top and, and hating men or stereotyping men as um, something that I don't believe that they are. And I think that generalization of men can be just as harmful. And that feels very hypocritical considering feminism is meant to be about equality. Now, I don't know if there's any merit to that view of feminism. I think it might be a bit of a misconception um, to what as to what feminism is really about. In fact, 
I think there is a lot of different branches of feminism as well. So maybe the term for me is only one very specific form of feminism. Um, I don't know. So I guess what I'm trying to say or the reason I bring this up is that for me, I don't have this strong feminist identity. So I don't feel as conflicted with my um, submissive desires, but I do have feminist values and that has brought some of my, um, you know, kinks into question as to whether they're okay and healthy for me to practice. But I also have feminist friends who I love and respect, um, but who I know would not, well, who I, I don't think they would approve of my, um, the way I express and indulge in sex. Um, I don't think they would approve of kink and BDSM. Um, and that is a point of shame for me. The fact that I feel that they would judge me for this part of my life. Um, And for something that I feel has been so empowering and positive for me, that is another issue that I I want to include in this discussion around um, feminism and BDSM. So that if you you are like me and you have feminist friends, um, that you can be, I guess, equipped with some information about BDSM that's going to help you communicate more effectively um, what BDSM is really about and how it can actually be quite in line with feminist values. So I've got another story which I want to share with you now. Um, This one's about, it's a a personal story about myself and a a friend of mine. Um, Let's call her Kate. So Kate is a feminist um, and she can be quite passionate about her feminist values and quite vocal about those. So I'm always a little bit hesitant to um, say anything that might upset her or offend her, honestly, because, as I said, feminism isn't something that I strongly identify with and I don't know a lot about it. I don't know enough about it to have an educated discussion with her about it. So I kind of keep that, like that side of myself or my opinions just to myself a bit and let her have her say. Um, But anyway, this was maybe two years ago. Um, We caught up for coffee and we were having a chat and she was telling me how she was reading this book. I don't remember the name of the book, Um, but it was about this incel movement and I said, oh, I don't, I don't know what incel is. What's that? And she explained it to me that it was about like an incel is a group of men um, predominantly on the internet, usually young, heterosexual, um, who are involuntarily celebrate because they feel that women aren't attracted to them and basically they can't get laid and they're really mad about it and they blame women for that. So they're quite hostile toward women. So she was reading a book about this incel culture and the whole time she was telling me about it, my rational executive functioning frontal lobe brain is thinking, wow, that's awful. You know, this is a really harmful movement that's based in hatred and violence and sounds terrible. But, and this is 
a little bit shameful to admit. I, I still feel a little bit of shame talking about this because I know how much I don't agree with it. But as she was explaining this concept of incel, there was a part of my brain that was turned on by that idea. I was turned on by this idea of a group of men that were violent toward women and wanted to objectify them and take them at their will. You know, I've, I've talked to you guys about how my, my biggest kink is CNC play, consensual non-consent play. So as much as the reality of this I understand as something awful, the fantasy of it was really working for me. And those feelings, those moments where you have those feelings can feel really confusing and uncomfortable. And I think that this story illustrates how there can be this real internal conflict between what you're aroused by and what your values are. For the next part of this episode, I want to spend some time having a chat about some of the common arguments that BDSM and feminism are incompatible, that BDSM is essentially bad for women. And then I want to take some time to go through each of those arguments and maybe add some helpful insights and information as to why I believe that they are misunderstandings. I feel, for me, that healthy BDSM practice is very much in line with feminist values. All right, so the following are some arguments that feminism and BDSM are incompatible. Number one, some people see that uh, submissive women are subconsciously repeating past personal or cultural traumas. So maybe they have been involved in oppressive or violent relationships in the past and they're repeating that trauma, they're, they're repeating those patterns, or they're repeating the more cultural traumas of women being oppressed by men and they're perpetuating that in their relationships. So that's the first argument. Uh, the second one is about BDSM preventing women from liberating themselves from oppressive relationships. And I assume that means because um, it's uh, seeing BDSM as a way to normalise oppressive behaviour against women so that they feel like that's normal, they feel like there's nothing wrong, they can't leave. Uh, the third one that I have here is the dom-sub relationship is a power exchange and therefore is unequal by its definition. This seems incompatible with feminist values. So by its definition, a dominant and submissive relationship is not an equal relationship, at least on the surface, but we'll dig into that in a minute. I really think all of these are very valid arguments. I think that at least on the surface, if you're looking at a relationship where there's a a dominant man and a submissive woman. And I know this is not by any means covering all of BDSM. I'm just meaning it's this male dom, female submissive relationship that seems to be the most incompatible with feminism. So that's what I'm focusing on today. But yeah, if you see um, a culture that perpetuates this idea of men being in control and women being subservient, that can look really toxic and really concerning, especially in light of the way that women have been treated historically. So I understand why there is some contention around this. I really believe that 
a lot of these misconceptions are based on the way me, um, BDSM is portrayed in the media. It's usually portrayed very negatively. Um, and it gives this impression that BDSM is all about men beating up women and being oppressive to women. Um, and I really was made aware of this at the meetup for the erotic ball a few months ago where um, I talked to you guys on the podcast about how there seemed to be a little bit of a divide between kinksters and swingers. And there was a bit of an attitude among the, the swingers that kink was all about men hurting women. And it shocked me that people that are really sexually liberated still hold that belief that to me is so blatantly wrong. Now we've established some of the common arguments as to why BDSM and feminism are often seen as incompatible. I now want to have a bit of a chat about what healthy BDSM actually looks like and how I believe it is very compatible with feminist values. Number one, healthy BDSM has a huge emphasis on agency and consent. Agency means the ability to make one's own decisions for oneself. So a huge part of BDSM practice is negotiation. Before any kind of play happens, any uh, scene or even any relationship is formed, there is usually a lot of negotiation that goes on where each person can share openly about what their wants are, what they're wanting to get out of the session, what their desires are, what they like, um, and also about what their boundaries are. And that can be really, really specific. So if you're doing an impact play session with a new partner, a good top might ask you about what areas of the body are okay to hit, um, where do you like to be hit, with what implement do you prefer, is there any parts of the body that you don't like to be hit? Then Are there any no-go zones? Are there any injuries that they need to know about? What are your safe words? All of this is standard practice. So negotiation is a huge part of BDSM. And there is a lot of emphasis on agency and consent in those negotiations. Another thing I want to raise on this point about agency is that if agency is about being able to make your own decisions for yourself then it is also about making decisions about how you choose to express your sexuality, regardless of what your culture says or what your friends say or what your parents say or what your partner says. It is your decision how you choose to express and explore your sexuality. And that is very fundamental to BDSM as well. Now, I've got a little quote here from thoughtco.com, which I found while I was looking up definitions of feminism. Um, and this one came under the heading of feminism and sexuality. And it says, feminism seeks to embrace female sexuality and celebrate it, as opposed to so many societal conventions that condemn women who are sexually aware and empowered. And it goes on to talk about how men are typically encouraged to be sexually active, whereas women are often looked down on for being sexually active and that this creates a double standard across the genders. So if feminism is really about celebrating women's sexuality, then if your sexual identity is about being submissive, then that is really empowering. Submissiveness in women is something that is very common. 
and it's something we don't choose, but it is inherent to our nature. It's part of our sexual identity. And often we've been brought up to suppress that, as I talked about earlier in this podcast episode with the woman who was aroused by degradation. If our upbringing and our culture teaches us that those desires are wrong, then that is a form of oppression. So if you're able to overcome those beliefs um, and choose to explore and express your submissive nature, then that in itself is extremely empowering. Now, I've got another note here about consent, which I think is really important before we move on. Um, So as I said, there's a a lot of negotiation in any BDSM activity, um, or there should be. And this is something that is absent from a lot of other sexual play or more vanilla sexual play. Prior to being involved in kink and BDSM, any sexual encounters I've had before, there was no real discussion about what each other wanted or didn't want prior to. There was just this expectation that it would just work and everyone would be happy with that. And this is a real problem with our culture around sex and it means a lot of us are having sex that isn't really suited to us and we're not really sure how to speak up about it. So I would argue that this emphasis on negotiation and communication with a partner prior to engaging in sexual activity is really, really healthy and something that maybe the rest of the world can learn from the BDSM community, that it's okay to talk about your desires, it's okay to establish consent boundaries prior to having sex. Personally, since I've started playing in the BDSM community, I've noticed that my ability to not only so my ability to communicate my consent boundaries has skyrocketed. This has been something I've really struggled with in the past. Um, but not only have I gotten better at communicating them, I've actually gotten better at understanding what they even are. Because if you never really think about it or ask yourself, or have that self-awareness, a lot of the time we don't even know what we are and aren't okay with. Sometimes that takes a fair bit of thought. One of the arguments that I listed uh, about BDSM and feminism not being compatible was about this idea that women might be subconsciously repeating past traumas. So repeating these unhealthy patterns Maybe something had happened to them in the past. Maybe they've been sexually assaulted. Maybe they've been with a violent partner. There's lots of reasons that we can experience trauma. And yes, it is possible that by engaging in BDSM, we are repeating those past traumas. But what's interesting, is this is something that I learned recently, is that by repeating those traumas, it can actually be a really healing experience. Now, to explain that, It's getting the opportunity to repeat the experience, but to be in control of that experience. So you're letting your brain experience some of those emotions, those same traumatic emotions, but you're doing it in a way that is safe and by choice, so with agency. And what research has found is that that can be really powerful in healing from past traumas, especially with uh, consensual non-consent play, and I'm dying to do a, an a episode that really dives into the research on this because it's fascinating. 
but by practicing consensual non-consent play rape victims are often able to take more control over their past traumas and not be so affected by them so I think that is really interesting now in terms of repeating past traumas that are more culturally based so these traumas of where women in general have been oppressed by men and if you're choosing to be in a dominant submissive relationship with a dominant man and be in that subservient role are you then repeating that past trauma past cultural trauma well I feel like we could look at this through the same lens so yes effectively um, we are choosing to repeat those potentially not healthy gender roles there but we're doing that again with agency we're doing it by choice we're doing that with the ability to call a safe word or set up consent boundaries we're doing that with a partner that we love and trust who we know respects us so there is a very big difference between a abusive relationship and a dominant submissive relationship Now, I know I've already said this a bunch today, but it is that negotiation. It is setting up those consent boundaries that's so important because it shows that we trust each other. And that means that BDSM actually really encourages this open communication. It encourages trust. It encourages honesty. And by having these really intimate, intense experiences together, this creates huge amounts of trust and bonds between partners. Yes, there is a power exchange and yes, that is a valid argument that one person in the relationship by definition has more control and power in the relationship. But this is a consensual power exchange and at any time the submissive has the ability to call a safe word and stop what's going on. If they're not comfortable in what's happening in a healthy DS relationship, you should be able to call your safe word, whatever that might be. For me, it's yellow or red, depending on if it's just a pause for a minute or a, something's gone wrong. So you can call that safe word and your partner will stop and you trust that partner to stop. You know they will because they love and respect you. So all of these themes that I keep bringing up about trust and communication and consent and agency, all of these things are extremely compatible with feminist values and in my mind there is no reason why you can't call yourself a feminist and also identify as a submissive woman all right so I think I'm gonna do a little bit of a summary and leave it there Um, so just to reiterate the arguments we looked at that feminism and BDSM were incompatible were one some people see BDSM and submission as women subconsciously repeating past personal or cultural traumas so we've discussed that that yes they kind of are but they're doing so with agency and we know that research tells us that's actually can be a really healing experience number two bdsm prevents women from liberating themselves from oppressive relationships so this one is more about bdsm normalizing that kind of female subservience now Yes, it does normalise that to some degree, but as we just talked about, BDSM also places a huge amount of emphasis on agency and consent and also encourages a lot of healthy negotiation and communication between partners. So in my eyes, I don't feel like there is any 
reason why BDSM would contribute to women feeling trapped in a relationship. If anything, I think it would give them more tools to be able to see if a relationship is toxic. Number three was the DS relationship is a power exchange and therefore is unequal by its definition. And this seems incompatible with feminist values. So yes, I agree. There is a power exchange. And yes, by definition, dominant submissive means there is an inequality in that relationship. But this power exchange is given with agency. It is a choice. That dynamic is there as a role play. And there is an understanding that it's a role play. And at the heart of BDSM, The submissive is always the one in control. The submissive can stop the scene at any time. The submissive decides on the the boundaries that they're comfortable with and it's the role of the dominant to adhere to those boundaries. And it's the trust that they will that makes DS relationships so beautiful in my opinion. So yes, on the surface, there is an unequal distribution of power within the relationship, but the submissive is always empowered to bring that back to equal at any point. Hopefully by the end of this episode, you're feeling a little bit more clear about how BDSM and feminist values are actually quite compatible. You can see that, yes, on the surface, it makes sense that there is some misconceptions there, but with some education and understanding about healthy BDSM practice, we can agree that both feminism and BDSM are absolutely compatible. To me, being a submissive is the most empowering thing I've ever experienced. I've been able to let go of so many cultural biases that have taught me that that is wrong, that part of myself is wrong. And by letting go of them and exploring this part of myself, I feel so true to who I am. All right, I think I'm going to leave that one there. That was a pretty heavy and complex topic. So I hope that I've done it justice. Um, As always, if you've got any comments or questions for me, um, some insights for me, feminism isn't something that I personally know a lot about. So if you've got any value you can add, please get in touch with me and we can have a chat and I can share that on a future episode. Till next time, friends, play safe, have fun, and I will catch you soon. Turns out I'm into it. Into it. Into it. Thanks for listening to Turns Out I'm Into It. If you've enjoyed this episode, please remember to hit subscribe and leave a rating and review. This will help other people just like you to find this podcast. If you have any comments or questions, you can reach out to me on FetLife or through the Harley Rabbit website. My name on Fet is Harley Rabbit, or one word, or you can message me direct through the website. Go to harleyrabbit.com forward slash podcast. I hope you've enjoyed listening to the show. I will be back soon with another episode exploring the wonderful world of kink. Bye.